Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. Today, we have on Michael Ashford. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Craig. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. No, no, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, so Fit Dad Fitness is your show. You want to tell everyone a bit about kind of yourself and how you get into podcasting? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I started the Fit Dad Fitness website almost three years ago now. And about... Uh, two years into it, you know, I listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk, as I'm sure a lot of the other, a lot of the listeners on this show do as well. And you know, he just kept pounding this message of you need to start a podcast. You need to start a podcast. It's the most relevant thing you can do right now. It's audio. It's audio. And I finally said, okay, if I want to have the reach that I hope to have with the message that I'm trying to spread with Fit Dad Fitness, um, I'm going to start a podcast. And what was super fun and exciting for me too in starting a podcast was I started my career actually as a journalist. Uh, and I, I was an editor at a newspaper and a writer. Uh, and so what a podcast allowed me to do was kind of go back to my journalistic roots. And that was an exciting thing for me as well. Because I'm in the marketing world now, software marketing work at... have worked at several mar- uh, software companies as, and leading their marketing efforts. But I did miss the journalist in me. Uh, and, and this was another avenue to get that out. Gotcha. Gotcha. How, uh, so, so you'd been running Fit Dad Fitness for a while, right? Right. Uh, before you decided to start the podcast. I'd be interested to hear, especially with your journalistic background, from a content strategy perspective, how did you view how the podcast would fit in with the rest of the stuff that you already had and how you plan to continue creating like written content or other type of content that you had on the site going forward. Yeah. So on the site, I had, I had really driven it towards the wit- the written word. I mean, that was obviously coming from the newspaper world, what I knew best. And so a lot of my blogs on my website, especially in those first two years, were very heavily long form feature stories about dads, featuring dads who had taken upon themselves to get fit, uh, to live active, involved, healthy lives with their children, using kind of fitness as the foundation for their relationship there. And so I did what I knew best for the first couple of years, which was I I write, and so I'm going to write long-form content, feature stories. And then, you know, I distributed it out, obviously, to social media. And I did do some long-form writing on social media, longer Facebook posts, longer Instagram captions. And, you know, the people that are going to read those are going to be the most interested in the message that I have. And so I was really trying to appeal to that audience, at least at the beginning. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, totally makes sense. So as you as you started the podcast, how did and did your writing kind of style and strategy change? It did. Uh, so as I started the podcast, I said, okay, this is a medium where I can go deeper and ask more questions of my guests and, and have, you know, have the audience hear the full extent of the interview rather than the pieces that I pick and choose to write about on my blog. And that was really appealing to me as a podcaster was I would get to present to the world 
the full range of the interview that I did with this person. And so, yeah, my writing style on the blog definitely changed. I scaled it back. I went to more, you know, instead of writing 1,500 to 2,000 word blogs, I would write 350 to 500 word blogs mm-hmm. uh, and, and that are really short to the point topical. And I would, I'm now allowing the podcast to really be that in-depth feature interview uh, rich content that I had originally set out to produce anyway. Sure, sure. Totally makes sense. So I guess the the lesson there for me, for, for people who kind of are listening and might be on a similar boat would be if you're only creating really long form content, which I think is really popular in, you know, the, the Google heavy world these days where, you know, long form 2000 word blog posts is what everybody feels they should be writing maybe starting a podcast is like a more efficient way of creating content that connects with your audience. Is that kind of what you're feeling or is, are you still putting the amount of time into creating written content now? I, I, I've diverted kind of the, the time spent with written content towards creating something that somebody will actually download. And, and that's the marketer in me a little bit. So yeah, creating yeah. plans, creating eBooks, something. So I've, I've shifted the more long form online content towards those types of, of materials. But yeah, I just, I love that, as I've mentioned with a podcast, the listener can hear everything that I heard. You know, when I'm writing a blog or when I'm writing a feature story about someone, like I mentioned, I get to kind of pick and choose the quotes that I use. Obviously, I'm not skewing them, but I get, I have a story that I want to tell and I have an angle that I'm going to come at as after the interview is over with. And that the listener or the reader at that point kind of has to go with what I, what I write. I love that in a podcast, you get the full exposure. You get everything that that person says unedited. And really, my job is to, to take a step back and say, you know, ask as few questions as possible and let them tell their story. And I love that I can provide that medium. Yeah. So you're in a really uh, emotional kind of uh, market, right? I mean, we're talking about fitness yeah. and family together. Yeah, uh, you just need to throw in money and religion there, and you, you have all <laughs> your bases covered, I think. But does the audio medium and the the rawness and authenticity of some of your messages? I'm sure it's resonating with your listeners a lot. But but have you gotten any negative feedback from your audience about like, yeah, you know, Michael, this is great, but like. I feel like crap after this episode. Is it, has any of that kind of stuff happened? I haven't actually until this week. <laughs> okay. Funny, funny right. you asked that question. Um, and I actually got it on a social media post that was promoting this week's episode of the podcast. You know, some anonymous account came on and kind of trashed the the guy that I had had on the podcast. And, you know, despite the cowardice of that, uh, using an anonymous account to bash somebody, uh, you know, I haven't had any of that. Because what I really try to do is try to uplift and bring to light stories of real dads who are doing um, what a lot of people might think is impossible or too hard for them. I really try to expose, here's the sustainable way to marry fitness and family in a way that no matter where you're at, no matter how old you are, you can make it work. And you know, the message is is uplifting. I've I've never tried to be, I've never tried to scold the audience through an interview. I've never tried to uh, put down or make them feel bad about where they might be. It's all about showing them, hey, here's one guy who took this path and here's how he made it possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I uh 
you know, I think that this kind of authenticity and rawness applies in a lot of different uh, genres or mm-hmm. topics for podcasts. Yeah. People, you know, audio is funny, right? Because it's the first time a lot of people have ever heard themselves talk, right? So like right. <laughs> to record yourself and then go hear it back. And for a lot of our guests, I think in particular, it's the first time they hear themselves. And then to talk about something like this, uh, I think it could, could be tricky for people if they don't kind of have a lot of conviction about it, uh, about the fact that they want to share their message with everyone for the benefit of the community. Um, I can imagine that it's a little unnerving for some people to tell their story out loud, but it sounds like you framed the the community and the show in such a way that that's kind of the expectation and everyone knows that's what they're coming on for. Um, so kudos yeah. to you for, for setting everything up like that. I, I think that's a lesson we could all take away. Yeah, there, there absolutely is a vulnerability in podcasting. Um, you know, I've, I've cried with some of my guests as they told their story wow. and I've left that in and, and, you know, you have to be, yeah, I don't like the sound of my voice. That's why I was a writer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think you get to not only introduce the audience to who you are as a person in a really raw and vulnerable and authentic way, um, but you, I see my job as a podcaster of, of kind of asking the question and getting out of the way and letting someone tell their story because everyone has a story to tell. And we like to hear ourselves talk, <laughs> um, yeah. whether, whether we might admit it or not, whether we like to hear it, you know, play back on the on a podcast or not. Uh, we we all want to tell our story in some way, shape, or form, and and uh, yeah, the authenticity is is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to podcast movement this summer. I would love to go. Oh my gosh, are you are you going or not this year? I want to. I I will probably go next year. I just okay. found out about it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in Philadelphia, kind of the end of July. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine a be, you know, a room of thousands of podcasters who love to talk. <laughs> it'll be, <laughs> it'll be a ruckus, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. yeah, yeah, but no, absolutely. So, I mean, I, that's, that's really cool. Um, really cool story about kind of how you got started and, and a little bit of background on the show. So, so you've been podcasting for a while. I know that, um, you say like it didn't really kind of take off until you took it seriously, uh, and kind of gave it the, the attention and the love that it kind of deserves. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so it's been a little over a year as we record this that I launched the podcast and it took a good eight months of kind of stop and start, stop and go uh, for me to really see growth with the podcast. And and the reason being is I simply, I made it a goal to publish an episode a week but I didn't really feel bad if I missed a week here or there. And the one thing that I've found out in podcasting is, you know, as you kind of set that goal and the expectation of publishing once a week, if you miss, your audience is going to notice. Um, no matter how big your audience is or not, if you've got listeners, there's somebody who's interested in what you have to say. And so serving them well and consistently was something that took me a while to, to kind of figure out. And once I absolutely made the commitment that I will publish an episode every single Wednesday, and now I, I now publish Wednesday and Friday, mm. and I've gotten into that, but I had to just draw a hard line and say, 
no matter what, even if it's recording a month's worth of episodes ahead of time and, and getting them all scheduled and published and just taking a Saturday to do it, I have to be consistent for the audience that has been gracious enough with their time and attention to be consistent for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm shaking my head right now and saying, I wish I did a better job of this. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, have, uh, <laughs> I have two, two real podcasts, this being one of them and another one's kind of my personal podcast. And in that one, it is uh, a fair bit more of a hobby and we don't publish every week. Unfortunately, we probably publish, you know, three and a half times a month on average. And yeah, it just kills me that, you know, with this podcast, we, we get, we schedule way ahead. We have a bunch of, you know, extra episodes in the hopper and ready to go. And with my other show, yeah, we're just inconsistent. And I know, I know for a fact uh, that being consistent and publishing every Wednesday or whatever day it is, does a lot for your connection with your audience. It, it tells them, yeah. hey, you know, Michael takes this really seriously. And, and so I should too. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but I mean, the fact is, a lot of us, myself included, who kind of lives in the podcasting world has a hard time with this. So for folks out there who are struggling with this, myself included, <laughs> what are some <laughs> things that you've done to allow you to really stay consistent twice a week? I mean, publishing twice a week is a ton of content. Yeah. And, and one, one more point to what you just said, Craig, that I think is really important and, and blew my mind when I realized it is your audience there's some of them who actually plan their routine and schedule around your podcast. I've had guys who say, listen, when you launch your podcast on Wednesday morning, that's what I listen to on my run every Wednesday morning. Yeah. And that just, that just like, that's, there's such a level of commitment that I have to make at that point to not only myself, but to those people who are giving me that attention. So um, in terms of being consistent, the thing that I did really well when I first launched the podcast, because I knew I, I wanted to get it up and going and, and be consistent with it, um, that trailed off over time a little bit, and then I eventually found it. But what I did is I scheduled and, and actually recorded a bunch of interviews in advance so that I had this stockpile of interviews to go that would carry me through at, at, at the time, the first two months of the podcast. Mm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that was just getting up and going. But I said, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I have to get past that initial point where it seems really hard and make it as frictionless as possible. And so I, I, like I said, I recorded just a ton of content at the beginning so that I had this stockpile to pull from. Um, let me ask you, sorry, let me ask you a question about yeah, that. So, so the counter argument to this with some people is what if it's two months before that episode goes live, is the content still going to be relative? So, so from a content perspective on some of these episodes that you record quote ahead of time, have you done anything different with kind of planning the, the structure of the show or anything to, to keep it quote evergreen? Yeah, um, I try in I tried in those first interviews to not be as topically relevant to what is actually going on right now. Yeah. and I, I will say this: two months was probably too much. Um, I, I probably overhedged there <laughs> a little bit because some of those episodes, yeah, I mean, they launched two months after I had done the interview, and and you know, I, I had some of the guests say. Hey, is this still happening? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that window has greatly reduced. I still do that. I so I still record 
uh, and have a stockpile of episodes, but it's probably three to four episodes rather than you know eight to ten that I initially had. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. The other thing that I, I do is I try to plan out my interviews all in batches so that I can't, when I'm in that zone and I'm focused and I'm, I'm, I'm in podcast mode, um, I schedule my interviews with my guests in batches so that I can just get them all recorded in that, that time frame, And that makes things so much easier for me and saves, saves a lot of time for what I, my message obviously is, which is spending time with my family. So sure. I want to make sure that it's not taking away from, from that. Yeah, And then finally, one other kind of final piece is I, I mentioned I had started posting on Fridays now. That content actually is just content that I rip from Facebook. And so what I've done is I go live on Facebook and Instagram every Friday for about 10 to 15 minutes. And after that live video is over, you know, on Facebook, it saves it. Instagram does too. I just download the audio from that live Facebook talk that I have. I call it the Friday reflex where I basically just talk about an issue or a topic for 10 to 15 minutes. And then I throw that audio up on the podcast. Gotcha. And so I'm, I'm not recreating or, or having to schedule an interview for that content. It's That's the really topical, really relevant content. And my interviews are a little bit more evergreen. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's uh, That's a really great way to keep things fresh yeah. for your audience. I really, really like that. That's, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're getting big into this world of, of kind of repurposing content, I feel like. Yes. Um, and it's, I think it used to be done very poorly and things like the marriage of podcasting and Facebook live and YouTube and slide share and all these things are, are definitely making it more palatable. And, and the way I am coming to look at it, because I used to be a huge skeptic of this, but the way I'm coming to view this is people consume content in different ways. Yep. Some people go for a run and listen to your podcast on Wednesday morning. Some people are at their office and don't want to listen to podcasts on their phone, so they have to watch it on YouTube, right? Or yes. <laughs> some people live on Facebook all day, every day. And if you're not doing something with your podcast on Facebook, then you're missing that opportunity to connect with your audience. And I think for me, it comes down to being able to put your content in the right place for your audience as, as often and as easily as possible. Absolutely. Make it as frictionless as possible for somebody to find you and your content. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you doing anything else with content repurposing uh, other than kind of using that Facebook Live content for your podcast? You know, um, not a ton yet. One thing that I know is, has, and I've noticed has been really big with podcasters lately is to rip a clip of content a minute or so from their podcast episode and then post it as a, as a video on Instagram or on Facebook, kind of that, that one minute clip or that uh, noteworthy segment of their podcast where their guest really says something meaningful or they some, say something meaningful. And there's several apps that allow you to do that. I haven't played around with it as much yet. I have recently started thinking about, okay, if I did that, I don't want to just do what everybody else is doing, especially in the fitness space, which is really, really saturated. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, okay, if I did something like that, where I repurpose that content uh, and repurpose the content from my podcast and pushed it out the other way, 
what would that look like? I haven't done it yet. I'm exploring it. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> to be gotcha. determined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think those little promo clips are, are super valuable uh, in growing your audience. I think that's, uh, and maybe maybe that content re redistribution needs to be broken down into giving your audience an easier and a better way to listen to your episodes or consume your, your content. And the other is growing your audience by being in a bunch of different places. And yeah. I would put that in the latter, which is fine and great. It's, it's absolutely, you know, a good marketing opportunity uh, for us all. But um, yeah, so that's super interesting. So, so Michael, as you were getting started, it sounds like the big lesson you learned, because we're all about learning lessons here. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of not taking, and I hate to say not taking it seriously, not taking the production schedule of your shows seriously. Right. Um, and you, you definitely seem to have gotten that kind of squared away. Was there anything else as you were getting started that, you know, I like to say, like, if you were talking to a younger Michael, uh, that you would say, hey, don't forget to do this or make sure you do that? This is super tactical, and I'm sure a lot of podcasters already have it figured out, but maybe not. Um, I I went through several rounds of trying to figure out what platform I wanted to use to record my podcast, um, what microphone or what headset that I wanted to use to get the optimal sound quality. And I did a lot of testing on the fly rather than doing it beforehand and putting in the work to really figure it out. And, and test stuff before I even launch the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some there may be some value in that, and that you're kind of learning as you go, and and the audience is kind of coming along with you, and, and noticing the the quality changes, getting better and better. Um, for me, being a little bit of a perfectionist with it, gosh, there were some times where I was just like, this episode sounds terrible, <laughs> and so um, you know, I finally settled on what really works. And, and sounds good. Um, and I, I'm, I'm improving in other ways now. You know, I'm, I finally have kind of ponied up and, and said, okay, I want somebody to professionally record my intro rather than me doing it. You know, little things here and there that um, I, I just wish I would have done beforehand and put in the time before I even released a single episode. So yeah, it was a lot yeah. of learning on the fly, as I'm sure most podcasters are experiencing. Sure. No, I mean, I, but, but honestly, so two things. One, we are huge proponents of learning on the fly because the alternative is you never get started. Yeah. And that's where a lot, a lot, a lot of people end up is, holy crap, whatever. <laughs> there are a million things I have to do to get my podcast started. It's impossible. Right. Instead of saying, so true. Plug your plug your Apple earbuds into your computer, record on QuickTime, and hit publish. Uh, it, it it literally could cost no money, right? I mean, to do it really well costs about a hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, and you can go up from there. And and that's why I did it the way that I did it was because I said, look, if I'm going to do this, I've got to start right now. Yeah, you can ask my wife. Like when I get an idea in my head, I have to start it right away. <laughs> and sometimes it drives her crazy. Sometimes you know it works out really well as it has with the podcast. So, uh, but you're absolutely right. Like I had to get it done, and I, I worked with the tools that I had. And and yeah, I learned on the fly. So I'd love to hear some more details about what that learning lesson was, and kind of gear and approach and setup. Where did you kind of end up, and what was that journey like? Yeah, so I, I started out recording my episodes um, via Skype, 
And uh, one of the things that I, I realized and recognized with Skype was not everyone had Skype. And so a lot of my guests were having to create, download Skype and create their account and, you know, then add me. And, and that just seemed like too much friction for my guests. It was fine for me. Um, and, and Skype doesn't have an internally built recording capability either. So you had to download a third-party right. app and, and pay for that. And I didn't like that. So I went through that. I, I went into uh, a different... I tried free conference call one time, had a miserable experience with it. Uh Uh Um, So I tried that and finally settled on Zoom, and which is obviously what we're on right now and and love Zoom. It's it's been such a such a perfect uh, software for me to to record and and so accessible for my guests because there's really nothing that they have to do on their end rather than click a link. Yeah. So I I did order a podcasting mic in my initial stage as I was launching the podcast and I, I went cheap with it and paid the price with it. It was a very tinny sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I eventually, I had a headset at work that I really liked and I said, you know what? The sound quality on this is great. I'm just going to buy one for myself. So I spent $20 on a headset and the audio quality is, is, nearly flawless so yeah um what uh, what model of headset is that i'd love to check it out it's a logitech it's a logitech headset um cool okay maybe you can check out the the model number or something send it to us for the show notes that'd be great yeah i definitely will do that cool cool yeah so i i have some friends that run a very popular podcast they get about twenty five thousand downloads per episode wow. and they both use headsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, I use an Audio Technica ATR2100, which is about 50 bucks. Yeah. Um with a boom arm and a pop filter, it's the only other kind of gear I have. So all in I'm maybe $75. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be fancy. I use Audacity to to edit and Zoom to record, both of which are free. Yeah, uh, I use GarageBand to edit and okay. you know, I think I spent two dollars on my intro and outro music uh i just went on a a royalty-free site and found a song that i liked and paid the two dollars to download it so you're absolutely right i mean it does not have to be expensive yeah yeah Awesome. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for sharing all of the, the great insights and details uh, of your, your story and your podcast. This is a, a fantastic episode for me and I think for everyone listening. For folks who want to learn more about you and check out your podcast, where can they go on the interwebs? Absolutely. So the hub really of everything is fitdadfitness.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at fitdadfitness. Uh, Facebook is fitdadfitness page. And then my podcast is just simply the Fit Dad Fitness Podcast. If you just in iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Spotify, any any podcast platform really, if you just type in Fit Dad, you'll find it. It's uh, it's there and uh, check it out. I'd, I'd love to. I love feedback, so uh, you can reach me at Michael at FitDadFitness dot com and let me know what you think of the show. Awesome, awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, Craig. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.